Hello and welcome to Further Faster, brought to you by Montaigne. I'm Daniel Nielsen and it's my job to talk to ultra-athletes, explorers and climbers, those involved in the outdoor world who are at the top of their game to find out why they do what they do and how they do what they do. My guest this week is Dr Catherine Flitcroft. She is the Access and Conservation Officer at the British Mountaineering Council. Now, the BMC is one of the cornerstones of British climbing, hill walking and mountaineering. It's an organisation that represents the needs of those people in the outdoors, all the while helping protect the landscape that allows us to fulfil our passions. Now, Montaigne have been supporting the BMC's climate project and so far have raised more than £25,000 from the profit of sales of the Montaigne and BMC clothing collaboration. It's money that has translated into planting more than a 1,000 square metres of sphagnum moss. Not easy to say. In the following conversation, Dr Catherine Flickcroft talks about her work at policy level, about how we can help preserve the landscapes ourselves and why sphagnum moss, getting better, is a miracle plant that can help combat climate change. It's a really, really fascinating listen. Hope you enjoy it. Dr. Catherine Flitcroft, welcome to Further Faster. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So um, you are you work for the BMC, the British Mountaineering Council. What's what's your role? So I am, excuse me, I am the Access and Conservation Officer, brackets policy. So. I lead on our relationship with government departments. I am the person that will put together um, a response to some of the dry consultations coming out from government on landscape review to future farming practices and how they might uh, incorporate better and more access. Mm-hmm. I manage the all-party parliamentary group for mountaineering. So right. that, that's kind of the main my main day-to-day job, but I also have the very small role of looking after the sort of Uh, the climate and biodiversity emergency and how as an office we're responding to that and also the sorts of information and advice we can be giving out to our members as well in terms of what they can do to reduce their footprint. Right okay and and so I mean that that sounds very busy and very in depth. Yeah I mean um, it's quite it's quite broad. It is yeah really broad so um, let's find a little bit about you what how did you get involved in the BMC in the first place? Well I my background is actually I don't, I'm a, an archaeologist and okay. I but I specialised in environmental archaeology and I did I ended up doing a PhD on blanket bogs and blanket peat and why it started to grow specifically in the southwest of Scotland. Okay. Um, and yeah, I ended up well, I worked for uh, Moors for the Future for a while and for the peat part, but I started doing more visitor stuff and survey stuff and path work and access. And then yeah, this job came up at at the BMC some about sixteen years ago. Um, yeah, and I just went for it, fancied a change, and yeah, here I am. It's right. funny how it, your job evolves. I mean, obviously, when I did a degree in archaeology, I would not think I'd end up working kind of looking at legislation and stuff for government. But um, yeah, it's yeah. funny how those these things change. <laughs> it is. So you've always been, you know, you've always, I mean, I guess through archaeology, but by the sounds of the, the other um, organisations you've worked for before this, you, you've always been at, like outdoors is your thing. Outdoors is where you. Yeah, yeah, work. definitely. Where we'll, yeah, wand- where we'll find you on a weekend yeah wandering around across a bog and uh <laughs> looking at yeah so no absolutely yeah love love the great outdoors I mean I would say I work for the BMC I am a fairly terrible climber but more of a hill walker <laughs> yeah yeah no me too I get that I get that that's fine um and and then so how how has your role changed I mean you've been there 16 years like how have the priorities of the BMC changed over that over that period 
Well, I mean, oh, yes, all sorts of issues. I mean, yeah, I mean, nobody could have predicted COVID and, you know, the, the mass exodus of people into the great outdoors, which is fantastic. But obviously that's now come back with a sort of host of other issues yeah. pertaining to that. And I mean, even from a parliamentary point of view, you know, changes of government, changes of policy, it's been, it's, it's never, a, you can't predict what's going to happen. Um, and yeah. yeah, working with politicians is like herding cats. Yeah. Some are certainly more receptive to the great outdoors and the mental and health benefits that that brings, whereas, you know, some some are less so. And, yeah, the impact of Brexit and, oh, yeah, there's all sorts. Who knows? It, it's changing all the time. But definitely the climate emergency, I mean, we're all more and more aware now of, you know, the fact that we can't ignore it any longer and we've all got to take it seriously and do something. So that's something that, yeah, is taking more and more of my time up, you know, in my role at the BMC. Sure. I mean, now, now might be a good time to touch upon the climate project. So, um, which is something that I see Montaigne have been involved in um, donating to it as well. Um, what give us an overview of the climate project's kind of aims? What, how did that come about from the BMT's okay, so, perspective? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, well, obviously we've been uh, been aware, and uh, and there's a there's a very a, a strong interest with the membership in terms of obviously being aware of it. You know, it's a familiar story now, sort of glasses are melting and roots are falling down yeah um and and, and so um i mean we, we can't hide from the fact that we, we sell travel insurance and i don't think we should mm. i mean that has been the backbone of the bmc for a long time but yeah. we want to try and do it properly and so we've we've got there are more and more articles that we're putting on our website about you know travel certainly but think about possibly only traveling on one big trip once a year and think mm-hmm. about how you travel but there were, there's there's also a need that well people relate to offsetting. Offsetting is a thing. I mean, it's probably quite a dirty term because it you know it doesn't actually mean that you're taking any real meaningful steps to not going yeah. anywhere. But yeah. so we looked at all the offsetting schemes that are out there. You know, cooking stoves and uh, wind farms and mm-hmm. tree planting, but none of them really resonated with kind of what the BMC is about. So. Yeah. yeah, I did a lot of research and obviously I've got a background in peak bogs and I knew about the kind of fantastic carbon sequestering um, abilities that the peak bogs have got. So, yeah, yeah, so we've decided to, we created the climate project and specifically we are working with more to the future to restore their blanket bogs here in the peak district, Okay. Um, which obviously I think most people have visited the peak district. Um, and specifically the money is going to buy and to help purchase the the sphagnum moss which is the end part of the sort of restoration uh, phase okay so what what is a blanket bog what we like a lot of people listening to this will have gone to the peak districts and know it like is that the spongy stuff on the top of kinder like let's yeah pretty much yeah blank yeah blanket bog blanket pea is amazing it's 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 basically it's a soil type um and it's it's basically dead plant material which builds up over thousands of years and yeah. and you've then got it's quite acidic and you've got a very specialist specialized habitat growing on top of it so your heathers your bilberries your cotton grass mm-hmm. your sphagnum mosses <clears throat> excuse me but but that's that's what a healthy blanket bog should look like yeah. But if you visit the top of Kinder or Bleaklow, it doesn't look like that anymore. You know, the legacy of industrial pollution, acid rain, mm-hmm. wildfires, it's destroyed all of that vegetation. So you're just left with these big, thick, massive peat hags. Okay. And those brown peat hags are basically very, very 
broken down ancient vegetation. Right. Uh, but because it's doing that, it's also releasing loads of carbon because the, the peat bogs themselves seal in millions and millions of tons of carbon. So the, in, within the peat districts and across the UK, we're trying to get to a situation where the bogs are actually healthy again. So they are wet, they are spongy. They're from, you know, so the sphagnum, the, the sphagnum mosses have declined in the peat districts and across, and that's the bit that we need because they soak up the water so the actual moss can absorb more than eight times its weight in water. Right. Uh, and, and that kind of gets, that produces the waterlogged conditions and then that prevents the decay of dead plant material underneath. Uh, which gets compressed over hundreds of thousands of years, and that's how you get the peat building up. So, yeah. and that's what traps the massive amounts of carbon dioxide from because the plants obviously can't decay properly. Yeah, and that's why that's why they're so important. Okay, and and then so how does that? How do you then kind of plant sphagnum moss? I've spent quite a long time practicing that word, by the way. But it's yes, always, it's a pretty uh, tricky one. So well. <laughs> You know, the likes of Moors of the Future, uh, they're putting what they're putting kind of like nursery uh, species, species down. So grasses just to stabilise the, the slopes initially. Yeah. I should say I don't work for Moors of the Future. So yeah. this is just <laughs> my summary. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and, and then they, they're planting lots of other things like the heathers and the uh, and, and stuff. And they can do that by kind of putting a big, a big seed mix across a, a wide area, and that can often be done by machine or quite quickly. But the actual sphagnum plants themselves need to be hand planted by hand. They're little sphagnum plugs, right. and it's very, very laborious. But, wow. yeah, so, again, there are lots of nice volunteer opportunities for people to get involved. But, yeah, because they're quite delicate and they need to be planted close together, they do actually need to be planted by hand. So... Right. So yeah, so it's a it's part of a bigger project that Moors for Future are doing. It's about stabilizing the slopes to stop the eroding of the peat hags. And then it's mm-hmm. the last part is to put the, the moss in. The moss will hopefully get wet, yeah. make everything else wet, and then start to build up again. Right. Okay. And and once these things are planted, would they like just kind of seal off an area so people aren't trotting over the top of it and or does it not really work like that? <laughs> No, I mean, I don't think they have sealed off any, any of the areas. I think, um, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, I'm, I don't think you'd want to walk over it anyway because I yeah. think it, yeah, it'd be fairly wet and fairly foggy anyway and obviously you've got the, the Pennine Way going through it. So mm-hmm. they're quite remote areas where they're planting. So I think unless you know about it, yeah. I, think, I think it's fingers okay. crossed it's fairly safe. Yeah. Unfortunately, the thing that has been problematic are wildfires with their, uh, you know, people lighting their disposable barbecue or whatever and not really understanding that actually, obviously, you get peat fires, but once the peat uh, gets quite warm, it takes some, do, you know, it takes, it can, it, it's like Tinder, it just, it, it can go wild. Yeah. Um, but, which is why, again, we're trying to make the bog wet, because obviously the wetter they are, the less likely that's going to happen. So. Right, okay. It, it sounds incredibly complex and also simple all at the same time. Well, <laughs> just... Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, uh, but, and... Yeah, sorry, I was going to say, so, the, so, the, so that's how we've packaged up the climate project. It's kind of a nature-based solution to the climate problem. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, people can donate any time, but they can also um, donate when they join the, the BMC and also when they buy the Montane X range. Sure. 10% of the profits are going towards the climate project, which is great. And so far we've raised, I think, about 67, 68,000 pounds. And that's 
Yeah, and, that, and we launched it just as COVID hit as well. So mm-hmm. not great timing because we were going to do it through our sort of travel insurance funnel. And obviously during COVID, people haven't been traveling. So sure. yeah, really pleased. And a lot of that has come through uh, through Montaigne, which is fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant. And is it a long-term plan? Like how how kind of... Yeah, so I think we're going to carry on, yeah, pushing it uh, through different marketing uh, uh, avenues. And yeah, once I think we'll carry on obviously supporting more to the future, but we are looking for other projects to support within the United Kingdom as well. So that may well be some more moorland restoration um, or or some other sort of local projects. So I think um, at the end of this year, we'll be gathering sort of three or four potential projects to support alongside Muslim Future and getting our members to vote in terms of which one they would like to also add to the climate project yeah. package as it were. Sure and and is alongside um, alongside kind of donating or uh, you know d- donating to the climate project what what kind of practical steps definitely no pun intended but can kind of hill walkers <laughs> and mountaineers and, and climbers kind of do to help protect this kind of peatland is it just a matter of sticking to the paths staying um, there or is it yeah I think just sticking to the path and being mindful and just enjoying nature but being you know respecting it as well so yeah definitely no barbecues in the great wilderness please unless it's <laughs> a specific area for that and yeah yeah I mean also and just make it's just small steps at home and I mean you know hopefully small steps lead to great things so yeah think about how often you're traveling and whether you can lift share and you know just being more mindful on a day-to-day base you know mm. basis really yeah do, do you think do you think the message is resonating are you hearing it more and more from your members I mean over the last sort of I mean it obviously has become over the last you know the 16 years that you've you've been working for the BMC um it is like just the general awareness of this kind of thing is much greater but do, what are the sort of things that you see through the BMC that or through the members like is it resonating more is it you know yeah absolutely yeah no absolutely I think more people are thinking about how they're traveling and COVID as well as also I think highlighted you know the fact that you you know you can stay in the stay more local to 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 enjoy yourself as it were so yeah and and more awareness of um who to buy from as well you know in terms of um gear and recycling and reusing gear and um, yeah, I mean, we've got all sorts of projects in the pipeline and in terms of uh, sharing good practice and good information. And I mean, we're never going to say go to this person to buy whatever. But but I think, yeah, there's there's definitely a more awareness of how sustainable products are and what you know what your personal footprint is. And I, I mean, I don't think I don't think people are necessarily changing what they want to do. But I think more and more people are thinking about how they do it and how often they do it. and yeah, whether they can do it uh, together with friends as opposed to sort of agreeing to meet somebody, I don't know, at, at Font or wherever it might be. But actually, mm-hmm. you know, people are just more aware, more responsible, I think. And but it's difficult to know where to start. So hopefully part of our role is to give some advice if people do know where to start. Sure. And um, tricky question here, given that given that you're sort of responsible for kind of the policy aspect as well, like yeah. how much... I think I think I think one of the one of the big questions that you know when people talk about plastics, you know, people can reduce their use, but actually, should we just spend all that time kind of you know um, talking to the supermarkets and getting them to reduce it? You know, so from a big end policy perspective, and uh, you know, things that the individual can do on a daily basis, 
like is it a combination of that is policy really pushing it or is it the little nudges that yeah I think it's a bit of both I mean we're working with wildlife and countryside link and the climate coalition um who are fairly big players in terms of talking to government Mm -hmm. you know about pushing them for complete bans on plastic bags and you know taxes on plastic bottles and well actually asking for a complete ban on plastic bottles so the bigger things there we're working with other kind of bigger players but yeah um the small things we're doing yeah about around kind of litter and making sure that stuff doesn't end up in the oceans and it's Mm -hmm. so it's a bit of both as well i mean we've had some success collaboratively with the like the barbecues um so aldi and uh waitrose now don't sell disposable barbecues and that's great and that that you know part of that is sort of peer pressure and we wrote to the wrote to those as well and the co-op don't sell them within a certain vicinity of the national parks and so yeah it's it's a bit of a bit of pressure from the likes of ourselves but working in 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 coordination and partnership with other organizations to really lean on lean on some of the more sort of policy-led parliamentary decisions sure sure and then in terms of and we 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 just won it um, when I first started talking to you. But in terms of the kind of BMC's aims for conservation, like the, obviously the climate project is a major part. But what are some of the other kind of elements that you're working on in terms of conservation? Like you know, we know we know about sort of you know looking after crags and that kind of thing. Yeah. What, what, what sort of other things are at the top of the BMC's list? Um. So. We've done quite a lot recently around respect uh, respect the wild series and uh, respect the crag series, and that's just um, just really good simple advice. Um, they've refreshed the countryside code recently, right. but not that many people tell you straight away what the countryside code is about. So we've tried yeah. to do it. We've I like the changes. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we've got lots of little films about you know even how to poo respectfully outdoors mm-hmm. and um, you know how to how to wild camp. Um, without you know proper wild camping as it were so we've we've done a whole series there about kind of uh, positive behavior and good practice mm-hmm. um, and we've got our we're setting up a whole load of hills to oceans hubs um, okay. um, and so the YHA for example will be having um, just giving out pickers and bags so sort of making it second nature so if somebody's going for a walk just to take a litter picker with them and I mean, it's you know, it's sad that we have to do that, but uh, I think more and more people are aware of they want to serve and preserve the pe- the, the places that they love. Um, so, so yeah, we've got hills to oceans uh, going strong. We've got the climate project, the, the respect wild series. So it's really just trying to just chip away at yeah, making sure that the places that we do still love going to, you know, remain remain there for generations and in in, yeah. in a good state. Sure. <laughs> And do you like as somebody who's kind of involved in this constantly and all the time? Like, do you get like personally? Do you feel sometimes overwhelmed, or do you feel positive, or do you kind of sometimes come home from work and go, "Oh my god, we're all doomed," or "Yeah, I think we're gonna." Um, like, it de- it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's I think there's the will there definitely, but it's just actually doing stuff is sometimes can feel a bit overwhelming like the climate stuff and it's like oh god where mm-hmm. do I start and yeah yeah politi- politically you think you're onto a winner and it's like yes they're going to announce something and but then actually the detail you're quite disappointed with and right so yes it's a, it's a bit of a mix I won't get too political here no but, uh, <laughs> <can't even> 
Yeah, well, I think more and more people definitely want to give back and volunteer and help, and which is which is great. And I, yeah, again, I think COVID has highlighted the fact that we've got fantastic national parks and green spaces around, and yeah, yeah. we really need to do our utmost to make sure that they they stay in a really great state, so we can all appreciate them. Yeah, sure. And what's your local stomping ground? Well, I live in the Peak District, so I'm quite fortunate. Yeah, I've got nice. see Bamford. Bamford's around the corner. Yeah, lovely. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very lucky. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, brilliant, uh, Catherine. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate um, you spending the time to talk to us. And yeah, every every little thing we can do, I guess, helps. And the more, the more that we know about you know what we can do I, I guess we'll be able to find kind of resources on the bmc website you know we talked about wild camping. yeah of course yeah and if anyone wants to know anything anyone you know people can just drop me an email my email's on the website as well that's fine okay brilliant great thank you for your time uh yeah i really appreciate it thanks daniel and a huge thanks to Catherine for joining us and explaining all the good work that bmc and moors for the future are doing you can also learn about Montaigne's partnership with the BMC at montaigne.com forward slash BMC. And thanks to you for listening. It's always a pleasure to bring conversations like this. And if you did enjoy it, please leave a review wherever you get your podcast from. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks. Stay safe.